This is it. The literal crux of the gospel. Just as Jesus said, he was handed over to the Romans and crucified. This is also paradoxically the moment that Jesus fulfills his mission, that he enters his glory. It's a dim glory, to be sure. Jesus' disciples are absent. His supporters have scattered. The only followers of Jesus who see him die are the women who provided for him, his female disciples, but they can only see him from a distance. Even God the Father abandons Jesus. This last is a mystery utterly beyond human comprehension. How can God abandon God? How can God the Father leave God the Son's cries unanswered? Remember the cup, the cup that Jesus must drink to the dregs. Language about God's wrath is not in vogue in the church these days, but that's precisely the kind of cup that Jesus must drink. God the Son must drink the cup of God's own wrath, the cup of suffering, the cup of death. What is happening as Jesus drinks this cup is decreation of the whole sinful order. Instead of speaking as God did in creation, God the Father is silent. Instead of light, there is darkness. And along with this decreation, the death of the sinful world order, the word that spoke it into creation also dies. Why? Why did this happen? This seems so cruel, so punitive, so evil. The mystery of Good Friday is one that cannot be unraveled by a lifetime of human contemplation, let alone a seven-minute sermonette. But there are several aspects to the mystery of Good Friday that we might consider. First, remember that the relationship between the Son and the Father is not like our child-parent relationships. The events of Good Friday, at least on a divine level, on a human level they are absolutely evil, but on a divine level they're cruel and evil and punitive only if Jesus is not co-equal with his Father. But Jesus is co-equal with God, his Father. Jesus is true God, just as his Father is true God. And so Jesus' wills, human and divine, are perfectly aligned with the will of his Father. God in Christ willed to drink that cup for our sake. God in Christ willed to go to the cross so that a sinful, recalcitrant, intransigent humanity could be saved from sin, from death, from itself. And at the moment of Jesus' death, at the instant the word of God dies, something extraordinary happens. The curtain of the temple, perhaps the curtain cordoning off the Holy of Holies, which the high priest could only enter once a year, was torn open. The barrier between sacred and profane, human and divine, was breached at the moment that Jesus died. When the word of God died, God revealed yet again that the divine is not confined to buildings or shrines made by human hands. 
The events of Good Friday revealed yet again, as it has been, as God kept trying to reveal over and over in the Old Testament, that God is everywhere, bringing new life where there was once only death. God decreates that day in order to recreate. And so we learn that no answer from God the Father to God the Son on the cross really is an answer. The Father's silence is a flat condemnation of all the powers that have marred God's good creation. The Son took those powers on himself those six hours on the cross. All those powers that consume and destroy. All those powers which have us captive to doing whatever we want, whatever the cost. All those powers that make us less than human. Jesus takes those powers on himself, those powers of sin, death, and the devil, so that we can be fully human as he is fully human. So that as the old creation is decreated and the new creation is recreated, so the new human in us would spring forth into being. As sinful human beings, we are both perpetrator and victim of those God-denying powers. But for our sake, God the Son becomes victim of, and in a hidden way, inconceivable to the human eye and incomprehensible to unaided human reason, God the Son triumphs over those same powers. The cross of Jesus Christ, where God is apparently silent, contains the secret of eternal life. It contains the secret of the new creation. For there, on that cross, God is simultaneously absent and yet most fully revealed. There, God is humiliated and yet triumphs over the powers and glory. There, an apparent revolutionary is killed by the state, one upon many thousands, Hence the sign, King of the Jews. And yet, he willingly goes there. Using the powers of the cosmos as pawns, pawns to accomplish his mission to inaugurate the kingdom of God. Jesus' cry is unanswered and yet is answered for the sake of the whole creation. God answers a resounding no to everything that would corrupt and destroy the creation and tear us from God's hand, and a resounding yes to the creation itself, including human beings like you and me. That not only is an answer, it is the ultimate answer.